Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. Your host, Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com, will be interviewing professionals each week that are currently working in one of the top 100 careers for 2011. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. We want to expose you to the varied and distinguished careers of our guests and to perhaps inspire you to consider following in their footsteps or better yet, blaze your own trail. So sit back and relax as Felicia interviews professionals about how they came to be in the top 100 careers. Hello, it's Felicia Gopal here from College Funding Resource. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us and welcome you to today's call. Today we're going to continue exploring one of the careers listed in the jobs rated report as one of the top 100 careers. As my guest tells it, her career choice developed after she graduated from Gannon University with a degree in biology. Becoming a registered nurse started with a visit to her old high school and career advice from her former school principal. Listen as she shares how that conversation changed her career path from teacher to registered nurse. I often talk about the importance of students having some idea of their proposed career prior to applying to colleges. As you will hear in this interview, it's not prior interest but educational background that allowed my guest to make the transition to a career as a nurse, even though it was not her original career choice. If you ever wanted to be a registered nurse, you will receive some valuable insight today into the profession from today's guest, A.J. Hutchinson. So what I wanted to do, A.J., is talk to you first about, did you always want to become a registered nurse? Well, actually, my first degree is in biology, and I was on the track of being a teacher or a professor in college. And at that time, I kind of ran out of money. A friend said to me, why don't you try nursing? And it wasn't even like a thought yet. And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I took a year off of studies after biology because I was going to get my master's. And one day I went to my principal at high school, and she suggested that I go down to Rutgers and talk to one of the nurses there. And from then on, that's when the path was set. All right. So what was it in that conversation with a nurse at Rutgers that made you make the decision that maybe becoming a registered nurse is what I want to do? Because up to that point, I did not know exactly what nursing was about. I mean, you see it on TV, you may have had to be treated by a nurse, but you didn't really know exactly what the science behind it was. And I know I didn't know. And talking to her, she was very insightful. There's so much things in nursing that you can pick from. And it's so vast, and it's more than what I thought it was. And I said, you know what, that may be a good career choice for me instead of being a teacher. But I didn't know if I should go through the four-year or the two-year. That was the only thing that was holding me back. When we decided that this was a great choice, a great idea, I never turned back. And so you had to make the choice between a two-year program and a four-year program. And my understanding is a registered nurse means that you took the four-year program. Could you tell me the difference and why you made the choice to go with the four-year program versus the two-year program? Actually, there is a two-year program for registered nursing. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I thought a registered nurse was a four-year program. Coming to find out when I applied to Rutgers, there is a two-year program, not at Rutgers, but at a community college. And actually, that decision was even made by me. Like I said earlier, I went to my high school, 
and I was talking to my principal, and she said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I think I need my transcripts. I want to apply to nursing at Essex County College. She says, mm, no. I said, what? She goes, well, didn't you graduate with a four-year degree? I said, yes. You have a bachelor's in biology? I'm like, yes. So, well, you're going to get up out that chair, and I want you to go down to Rutgers, and I want you to apply for nursing. I didn't know the difference, but I'm so glad that she did because the difference in having a bachelor's versus the associates in registered nursing is that I can further my education faster. I don't have to work in a hospital. I can work as a school nurse in a non-public school. I was ignorant to the fact of the difference between associates and bachelor's until I obtained my bachelor's. So what I'm hearing you say is that with the associate's degree, you can still be a registered nurse, but with the additional two years and going for a four-year program, you have more avenues open to you in terms of your career as well as your schooling. Absolutely. You can opt out of not working in a hospital. You can work at a clinic. You can also run certain programs, certain Off-site. You're more of a private practitioner when you're a registered nurse. Of course, you can become a nurse practitioner. But hospitals like to see that you're a bachelor's prepared nursing because it's a higher level of care that we're dealing with. All this I'm learning as being a nurse, the difference between having a bachelor's versus an associate's. Because the ever-evolving field of medicine, you really need to be on your game. You need to be able to move quickly because people are getting older the diagnoses are getting more advanced, and you really need to have a strong background. So even some of my friends who have associates and registered nurses are going back to school to get their bachelor's. That would have been me had my principal told me not to go that way. Excellent. So you were just in the fortunate situation that the person that you were talking to about what you were deciding to do was you need to go this route versus that route. And you just did it because you had respect for her, I'm assuming. Absolutely. And And she had respect uh, for her students. Well, I went to a Catholic school, so she was a nun, and very honest and straightforward. And it was comfortable hearing it from her, and I knew she would never steer me wrong. So it was like an automatic thing. Okay, I'm going down to Rutgers, and that was it. All right. So you've talked a little bit about your path to becoming a nurse. Is there a recommended major in college if you want to become a nurse? No. Actually, when you apply to become a nurse, you apply in a nursing college. So you're applying for your nursing degree. It's a bachelor's in nursing. Okay. As opposed to where I went to school and had a bachelor's in biology. So when you want to apply, you're applying for a bachelor's in nursing. So basically, if I understand you correctly, you said that you already had a degree in biology. Did that allow you to shorten the amount of classes that you had to take for your bachelor's in nursing? Absolutely. It helped me shorten it. And also what I found a lot of kids that were going to school with me was struggling with a lot of the sciences because it's a lot of sciences. I don't think people are aware of how much it is. So because I already had it, I wasn't struggling with it. Okay. All I had to do was just pretty much the nursing part and some liberal arts classes to make up my curriculum. I'm assuming that the four-year program took less than four years. How long did it take you to... Actually, it took about four years. My first two years was part-time because I was working. Okay. But you had the flexibility of being able to do that. Correct. 
So for students who may have to work and go to school and who have an interest and a background in sciences, this might be a way for them to pursue their dream of becoming a nurse. They don't have to think that they can't work and go to school at the same oh, time. They can work and go to school at the same time. The only difficulty is in clinical, and that's the last two years of nursing. Because it demands so much of you, it is hard to work. But people do it. People are still doing it. I did it. You have to have a flexible job. Some people work from home. I worked in the evenings and on weekends. And I also, in my last year of nursing, I became a tech, a medical assistant over the hospital, so they understood that we needed some time to study. They didn't demand so much of you, and they supported you. That was a good hospital for that. They really made sure that you were okay. Some places, they like, you have to work, you have to work, but they were very flexible. You've talked a little bit about your pathway. What do you like about being a nurse? I like the teaching. My first path was to teach in biology, mm-hmm. and I like teaching my patients about their new diseases that they've learned about. I am a registered nurse, and I work in the ER. I started in ER. They actually came to get us. They recruited us from Rutgers in our last month. Okay. They came in to collect five applicants, and we applied for it. Once again, I didn't even know I was going to be an ER nurse. My mind was completely open to any opportunity. They said, you know what, with your background, we want to offer you this position. I said, oh, okay. So when once I became an ER nurse, I don't know where else I could have gone. It is just the way, the pace of the hospital, it's the pace of the patients that you see, it's the people that you work with. It's very exciting. No two days are the same. I can guarantee you that. What I heard you say is you get to incorporate your love of teaching because you're teaching the patients that you're dealing with about their disease and how they can deal with it. You're teaching, yes. The teaching is, I think, about 60 to 75% of what I do. Everything is about teaching. You're teaching them, even if you're doing a procedure, you're telling them what you're doing and telling them why you're doing it. You're telling them about their lab reports. You're explaining to them the values. Everything that we do in the ER is about teaching. Because we don't get to see them as a follow-up visit, we want them to be able to be clear about their prognosis. Because one of the things, the only drawback in ER nursing is that I can't see them. There's no finite. It's an open case. Right. We don't see them after. So we want them to get as much knowledge. And I oftentimes will print out things on certain websites about the disease that they'll have more information. Okay. In a clearer language than sometimes that we can give them so that they're aware. I had surgery about five years ago, and I know that the nurses that I dealt with, I wouldn't have called them educators, but now that I've heard you talk about it, they definitely were educating me on the surgery that I was about to undergo, what I needed to do to make sure that I never had to go and see them again. So there was a huge element of education. So if somebody is interested in the education component, that's one of the things that nursing brings to you. Is there anything other than that, other than the education part of nursing, that you'd like to bring attention to the listeners today? Well, I enjoy helping people. It's just so cliche, but it is a cliche for a reason, because it actually is true. You like to see them out there pain. You like to see that they are comfortable. You like to see that they are better having you there. I could tell you stories. I mean, I really should be able to write a book at this point uh, because the stories that I can tell you is just marvelous of some of the things that I've seen. I remember in my first year, 
we worked in critical care and worked in the SICU in the trauma unit at St. Joe's. And one of my first patients was a 16-year-old in a car accident. He was very banged up at that time. And I was an intern as a nurse then. Okay. A year later, he comes back, he had a cold. And I was just like, wow, oh, my goodness. Looking at him like, oh, my God, do you remember me? (laughs) That kind of thing. It's so wonderful to be a part of that. And as a nurse, you can be because they'll remember you. They'll remember their doctors, but they remember you. We see them in their visit about 90% more than the doctor sees them. Yeah. So I love being able to be that one. I love being able to work with patients. I love being able to work with kids. I understand their fears. I still remember their fears. So it's rewarding. It's very rewarding. And I don't even know that I'm doing it sometimes when my patients say, oh, you have a gentle touch. I've always had that touch. It wasn't something that I learned. Because I knew how I would want to be touched. Right. That kind of thing. Like, yeah, I feel good about that. I like when my patients are happy. It's a wonderful, rewarding feeling, and it goes on daily. Now, there's not always the great days, but I like to take away the good days. Right. Take that when I go back into work. You know, with everything's pitfalls, but that is very rewarding. When you can come back and see a patient that was not doing well and doing much better. I like being a nurse. I don't think I will be anything else. I understand that. You know, I've been a financial planner for... 17 plus years, and I can't imagine doing anything other than that. So it's always great when you love what you do. Yes. So after you complete nursing school, are you done, or is there another step? You're never done. You're never done learning. You're never done progressing in your career. You have to take the NCLEX in order to get your license. Once you get your license and once you get your employment, depending upon where you are in the hospital or where you want to be, There's classes that you need to take. There's critical care courses. There's advanced life support. There's pediatric advanced life support, and those have to be updated every two years. There's trauma classes that you have to complete. It's called continuing education. You have to do that every year. Okay. How many hours of continuing education do you have to do? Well, when I say 20, they've been upping it. Some facilities require that you take this many. Okay. Like in my facility, we had to take four trauma courses. We just completed our stroke trauma courses. You have to have your CEUs and all those things in order to keep your employment. Do you get to select, or is it mandated by the institution? Or is it's there a mandated little by the institution upon the department that you work for? Okay. So an orthopedic nurse may not need the stroke. Okay. Because that's surgery. The best part of nursing, there's a nurse for almost everything you could think of. It's just so vast. You could be a heart nurse, you could be a neuro nurse, you could be a psych nurse. It's just so vast. So while you fit under the umbrella of nurse, there's all sorts of different things that you can do within nursing, depending upon your interests. In addition to that, for the advanced training, the continuing education courses that you would take, there's also classes and courses that one nurse might not have to take versus another nurse because they're in a different area of specialization. Correct. So there is a lot of overlap between my industry and your industry in that I think a good financial planner never stops learning, and I think that that sounds like it's also true for a good registered nurse, never stops learning. They're always learning. Yeah, you can't even stop learning. When you stop learning, your patients will suffer. So it's constantly, I constantly learn things every day. You know, because science changes. Science is not exact. 
So you have to learn to adapt well and just have an open mind. I went into it with the open mind. I continue to have an open mind. As a being an ER nurse, you really have to have an open mind. So is there any advice that you would give somebody who was interested in becoming a nurse? Well, I would say go for your bachelor's. I know I'm partial to bachelor's versus the associate's. I just think you should not limit yourself. I'm not about limits. If you start off with a bachelor's, you can parlay that into any other special areas in nursing, like a nurse practitioner who works alongside doctors who can write prescriptions, who can actually do physicals and also teach in nursing programs. I would suggest if you want to do that, that should be the role that you would do. It's to totally go for your bachelor's. Don't give up because it is hard. The schooling is difficult, but you can get through it. You will find that even when you're in nursing, they take you through so many different parts of nursing that that's when you find your love. Like, I thought I was going to be a good maternity nurse, and then I'm like, hmm, okay, maybe maybe the ER is good. You can go between. I know some nurses that are ER nurses that start off as ICU nurses. So it's the flexibility is so there. So I would suggest to people to find a nursing program that best suits your needs. I think now they have more flexibility than they did when I started. You could do night courses. You can do online courses, some weekend courses. So I think right now is a great time to get a second degree. And with nursing, you always need a nurse. Our jobs are always, always available. Well, one of the things that I've heard demographically is the U.S. population is getting older. As we're getting older, we're getting sicker, and we have more chronic issues. And one of the fields that is constantly evolving and looking for good talent is the nursing field. Yes, it's because we're getting older, because we have medicines and technologies that are keeping our population around. It's funny because I used to watch so much Westerns and old old movies with my dad, and it wasn't until I started studying, like, the mean age back in those days was 35 to 40 or 42. Most people did not live past 60 or 70. Right. And I was talking to my daughter also, I was like, because we didn't have antibiotics. People who have normal foot infections will die from being septic. That's when the bacteria goes to their whole body and causes their organs to shut down. Right. We didn't know anything about that, so most of those people didn't make it. And how fortunate we are now that penicillin came, and it's ever-changing. From penicillin, we have all of this antibiotics. From that, we have all this antifungal, antiviral. And we have to learn, as the population gets older, there's more diseases that are coming out. There's some diseases that weren't around when I first started nursing. They're out now. I know some people have never even heard of. You learn every day. So you have to learn the science behind it, the physiology behind certain diseases. And even sometimes with medicine, certain medicines can cause additional problems. Part of my teaching with patients when I'm giving them medication is what type of side effects and what would this do for me? What should I look for? Right. Because in this population of having advanced knowledge and more sick people, a lot of people are more aware also. Just with TV and Internet and all this, people are watching like TV or Discovery Channel. You just know more than I think our parents ever did. Well, I think that's true. And as a generation, we ask more questions. I know that when I had my surgery, 
you know, I was on the Internet, my husband was on the Internet, my mother was on the Internet, everybody was on the Internet about, you know, the procedure that I was about to go through, and we're all comparing, and they're just like, oh, and this person said you need to ask this question. And so I would go back and talk to my surgeon about, you know, I heard such and such and such and such. And you can see him kind of rolling his eyes, but... Oh, yeah, we um, love that. <laughs> I don't think surgeons do, but no, I was being, I was being, or at least my surgeon. surgeon did. No, we don't. When you're in the ER, you're in triage. You're the first person that the person sees. Right. What we do, we assess your level of care, critical, you know, not urgent or the like. And I love it when they come in and they say, "Oh, I have nausea, vomiting, and da da da. I think I have the bubonic plague." <laughs> and you think that because, well, I read it on the internet. I went to WebMD, and I would just roll my eyes and say, most diseases, or most disease process has nausea vomiting. Right. Almost everything is a nausea vomiting. <laughs> so, no, I don't think you had a bubonic plague. But we will see what's going on. <laughs> it's almost like you can have a lot, and then sometimes when they have none, it's never good. Why are you taking this medication? I don't know. My doctor told me to. Oh. So, I mean, oh. people kind of come in on both ends of the extreme. Oh, they come yes. in on one extreme where they're very informed and have got diagnoses that they've gotten from the Internet, and then the other side of it is they, they have no of lay down and ask no <laughs> questions, and I'm just sick. Exactly. So as a nurse, you have to learn to shift through all of that. There's a lot of outside stimulants that come at you especially as being an ER nurse, you have to go down to the core because they can lead you on a path, and that's not good. You will want to just hunker down, go back to your basics. We do that all the time. You go back to your basics, and that's how you get it through because you can get lost in some of the things that people say to you. I can imagine. And, yeah. Every shift, once you sign in, you punch in, it could be anything. And that sounds like one of the best things about your job. Yeah. I don't even set my bag down. I punch in. I know once I'm in, anything can happen. Anything. And often time does. I only make it to the locker room sometimes when something's happening right there. It's exciting. And it keeps you coming back. People ask, well, why do you do this? I'm like, you know, I just don't know what else to do. I was like, this is what drives you. So it's good. And also, there's not that many women of color. Right. And I like it when they see that I'm there. Right. Because where I work, I am the only one. So I know they like it when they see that I'm there. I've been told. And one of the things that is true for a lot of people is they feel more comfortable when they're dealing with a professional who looks like them. Correct. I think that that is a truth about any type of background is people mm-hmm. are more comfortable with people who look like them. And there's nothing right or wrong about that. It's just a level of comfort. You know, I've been in the emergency room. You're traumatized to be in the emergency Mm -hmm. room. There's all this stuff that's going on. They're assessing you, and they're telling you that your emergency is not as big of an emergency as the next guy. But it seems like a huge emergency to you. So it's interesting from that perspective. And I've been on the other side of trying to help my friends who are patients. So I had to learn to step back, which is hard. But needs to happen because you can't mix the two. That makes it very cloudy. You really have to learn when to put on your hat and when to take the hat off. I mean, you're a nurse all the time. You are a nurse 24-7. People are calling you. Your friends are calling you, emailing. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. 
Yeah. I guess if you were like a psychiatrist, you're never off. <laughs> you're always reading well, someone. Well, you know, as a psychologist, I would always figure that they're analyzing me, even if I'm not in the patient mode. Oh, and yeah, they are, because we are. Nurses do it all the time. Right. We do it within the first five minutes of meeting you. Gone. We size you up. <laughs> it's automatic. <laughs> it just comes, and you're like, okay. Because it makes us comfortable, because that's how we go about treating. Like, okay, you're high anxiety, I need to learn how to teach you without you being more anxious. Got it. That kind of thing. So let me ask you a couple of final questions. I approached you because being a registered nurse is one of the top 100 careers for 2011. So I'm going to ask you, why do you think that being a nurse is in the top 100 careers? I think the flexibility. I think the ever-growing population. I think the morbidity, the comorbidity, people are having more diseases that can lead to death, say, diabetes, heart disease, strokes. We're needed. Hospitals cannot run without nurses. Doctors may think they can, but they cannot. You need a nurse. Not anything else, not a tech. You need the nurses to run. And so even though certain hospitals are closing, things open up for nurses. And that's why it could still be one of the top 100 careers because you will always need to have a nurse. Nurses need to run hospitals, doctors' offices. You see three nurses to one doctor. We handle the in and out and the day-to-day and the grunge of everything. So that's why. And if the field keeps growing, some nurses leave hospitals and they go into advanced care. Like at North Beth, they have nurses that run clinics for pediatrics, which is a wonderful facility. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's wonderful. I was almost going to go there. It was just it's phenomenal just watching these nurses. They run asthma clinics. They run sickle cell clinics. I'm like, wow. And that's what really, really got me. So as the years go by, you need the nurses. It's the core of the hospital. It's the core of the doctor's office. It's the core of the surgical centers. It sounds like it's the core of our health. Yes, because doctors have to see 15 to 18 patients. Nurses may have the six or seven patients and handle the flow coming in and out, handle the flow going upstairs too. They will not be able to do that without us, not at all. And you really need to learn to think on your feet. You need to learn to think critically. And I say that that's always thinking three or two steps ahead. You need to know certain things need to be done and need to be done in rapid succession. So you always need nurses. This is why it's a tried and true profession. So I heard you say flexibility and they need to be able to kind of pivot. I'm just kind of wondering if somebody was looking at becoming a registered nurse, what sorts of qualities should they have in themselves? What sorts of interests might they have in themselves? Recognizing that not all nurses are the same. It seems to me that all nurses have got some innate qualities. There are people who want to care for people. There are people who are smart. What other things might you add to that list? You have to like people. And also, well, I say that as I hesitate because, like I said, nursing is a vast difference in nursing. If you're not a great people person, there's still an avenue for you where you can go. You can go in to be a nurse that works for insurance. You don't have to always be a FaceTime type of nurse. Okay. You want to be the type of person that wants to help people. And you will have to know that. I think some people don't want to get involved, but you have to be the one that, you know, something's going on and you're going to get involved. 
you gotta look for that in yourself. You gotta be giving of yourself because in nursing, I can tell you how many times I have breaks in the facility that I work because it's a high-paced facility. You have to be giving of yourself and your time. It is a sacrifice. I consider it a sacrifice. It's not about me. It's all about them. So you have to be able to have a person that doesn't think of self 24 hours a day. Like okay. If you're self-centered, this is not the one for you. But if you say to yourself, you know, helping people is also helping me, that is the kind of person that you want to be a nurse. If you're queasy about blood, also there's an avenue for you to be. You could be right. a psych nurse. You could be a school nurse where you don't see that much blood, hopefully, right. in certain areas. But the core, I think, you have to want to learn. You have to want to keep learning. You have to like to teach. You have to like to help people and have a strong background in science and in learning and in testing. Learn how to test well because not everybody is a great test taker. No, not everybody is. Mm-mm. AJ, this has been a fantastic interview, and I think that anybody who's listening to this will have gotten quite a bit of information from you. So I just want to finish off and ask you, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners today? I just want to say, if you're looking into choosing nursing, I would highly recommend you going down to the schools, talking to the professors. I would highly recommend, if you even happen to be around a nurse, you can't shadow us because of privacy laws nowadays, but just ask them about their day-to-day. The more informed you are, the better off your decision will be. So I would strongly suggest you, not so much go on the Internet. FaceTime is great if you talk to someone and going out to the colleges. Looking up on the Internet what type of colleges are around you, what type of courses that you can take on the computer, it will be good. I said go for your dreams and I said don't let anyone stop you. I like that. Go for your dreams and don't let anybody stop you. Correct. All right. So I thank you very much for your time today. I'm sure that anybody who is listening will have gotten quite a bit of information about becoming a registered nurse. And if you want any more additional information, keep coming back to College Funding Resource, where we are interviewing the top 100 careers for the next decade. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.